Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. Today, I'm here with Heidi. Heidi Herman is an author and public speaker passionate about living life to the fullest. She's equally passionate about whitewater rafting. I heard that's fun. My husband's done it, but I have yet to do it. It's Um, awesome. (laughs) Probably a good way to socially distance, but unfortunately it's cold right now. (laughs) She loves learning how to uh, pilot small aircrafts, writing, traveling, and even learning how to make jams and jellies from fruit grown on her farm in South Dakota. But you just moved. You're no longer in South Dakota, right? Oh, I'm a snowbird. So I'm in South Dakota from April through November and then, yes, we, we run away to Arizona when it gets really cold. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I'm familiar with snowbirds. I lived in, uh, I'm from Northern New York originally, but I lived in Florida for a little while. And um, my grandparents were actually snowbirds for a little bit um, until my mom got sick and then they moved back up to New York. And I, I'm sure they're regretting their decision right now because New York gets very cold in the winter. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. As does South Dakota. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Heidi retired from a a 70-hour-a-week job as a consultant when she was 50, focusing on being an author and life adventurer. She credits her vitality to her Icelandic mother and Scandinavian philosophies. Ooh, Iceland. I've always wanted to go there. So from May 2018 to May 2019, she helped her 93-year-old mother prove you're never too old when, you under, when they undertook the challenge, Ida, to have 93 new experiences before turning 94. Wow. Is your mom still around? Uh, no, she, she passed away last year. She yeah. lived to a good age, though. She, she was 94 when she passed and she was still every bit as active as she was in her eighties. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's my life goals is I want to live to be a hundred, okay. um, but I want to live to be a hundred and be able to still like do things like ride my bike and, you know, uh, garden, even though I have a black thumb and <laughs> do, do all the things and not um, be living in a nursing home. So hopefully mm-hmm. I can not to bash on anybody living in a nursing home, but I'm hoping that I can uh, achieve that. And I absolutely agree with you. And truly, that's what this book is all about. Not only encouraging constant activity and engagement in life, but as we get older, trying to make those concessions and those alterations in some of our activities to accommodate, you know, the hips going bad, the knees going bad, right. or we can't walk quite as far. But that doesn't mean you can't do stuff still. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe you can't go and do an Ironman, but <laughs> you could easily walk around your neighborhood. 
<laughs> exactly. And the funny thing is now, you know, uh, anyone who's 50 plus has, has had to be faced and deal with some of these um, changes in how you approach things. But now in today's world with COVID and socially distant and all types of uh, businesses that are not doing things in the same way. Now everybody has to figure out how do I stay engaged in life and how do I stay active and vital and doing things I love to do and still stay safe or stay within the bounds of what the requirements are. And, you know, lots of different personal values factor into it, but we still need to stay active. We have to stay engaged with life. Yeah. Yes. So I would love for you to start off with telling us a little bit about your story of helping your mom. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds, that sounds like a great bonding experience. Um, I am not close and I don't have a relationship with my mom, but hopefully my children will have a relationship with me and do something like that with me. I'd really, that just sounds like a wonderful experience. Mm, it, it definitely was. And it's, it's one of those things where you don't even realize something can be like a thing until it's right in front of you. Um, and I had learned from mom throughout my life on how to go out and do things. And I would always be the one to notice something on the community calendar or driving along those little signs that you see, you know, crap show here or car show there. Yeah. And I would always like to stop at things or constantly write little notes to myself, oh, this event's coming up. So I tried to stay active in a lot of different things throughout my lifetime. And in um, 2015, my father passed away. And shortly after that, my mom moved in with me. And I was recently divorced at that time. So it was just sort of the two of us. And <laughs> We started doing uh, different activities. She had written a book on growing up in Iceland. And based on some of the things that she had in that book, I had written a couple of children's books. And we had some adventures going to festivals and selling our books and doing speaking engagements. And one thing people noticed, or we noticed that people would say, Wow, how old are you, Ida? I mean, you're you're 90, you're 91. Oh my goodness, how do you stay so active? And when she was 88, one of my sisters gave her a paragliding experience oh, wow. for her birthday. And she went paragliding and for the first time ever. And it was awesome. And she said it was a hoot. And someone wrote an article and penned it, you know, the title 88 and Feeling Great. And so the next year she said, now I'm 89 and feeling fine. And <laughs> so as, as we kind of went through this, when she started looking at towards her birthday of becoming 93 and plus all these people talking about, wow, how do you do it? She said, I really want to help people understand that it's never too late to try something new. She had had a stroke in 2016 and recovered from that. And no matter what, you know, you wake up today and you need to seize the day. So she said, I want to do 93 and new to me because I am almost a hundred years old and there's still new things in the world to try. 
So we sat down and we created a list or tried to, we worked on it. <laughs> and we, we ended up with about 45 things. And then we thought, well, we should leave some rooms for spontaneity. You don't want right. to pre-plan too much. So we left about half the list blank and kind of put it out there on Facebook and said, what do you, what do you think? Let's get some ideas. Um, and then when we started doing it, I would take photos and post it on her Instagram and in her Facebook. And it was so cool because she was a lot more spontaneous than I am. And I am very much more a planner than what she was. And the two things kind of worked out really well where I would plan things and she would be very much the spur of the moment. And we discovered that new experiences, they don't have to be big things or expensive things. And it's not like, oh, I've always wanted to go to the Azores or the Barrier Reef, or I want to take an Alaskan cruise. Those types of things can be pretty pricey, mm -hmm. but other things can be like, I've never dressed up for Halloween. Well, that's a pretty easy thing to do, right? But it could be a lot of fun. Um, she dyed her hair red just because. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and trying new foods. Um, so she's on this road trip and between Colorado and Utah and passes a sign for the Continental Divide. And she's like, you know, through all my travels in 70 years in the United States, I've never really stopped at the Continental Divide. What is that? So a little thing along a road trip. There are just so many different opportunities to try something new and you can make them big adventures and um, something amazing and noteworthy, or they could be everyday adventures. Yeah, it would be great someday. I would like to, uh, I'm an East coast girl. The uh, furthest West I've ever been is Tennessee. So I, I would love to be able to see all the states in the United States, but also visit other countries because the only other country I've been to is Canada. Uh, my grandfather's Canadian. So I've been to a couple of places in Canada. We always, we always, always used to go to Montreal. So I, my favorite hockey team is the Montreal Canadians. And back when I was a kid, the only way you could get Montreal Canadian gear, they didn't just sell it in the stores in the United States. You had to go to Montreal and get it. And so we would go to Montreal and, and get it. That's when I was a little kid. That was, we're talking about like over 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I would love to do like all the, that see different things in the United States. Cause the, uh, I had somebody one time tell me, you know, you could literally spend your entire life never leaving this country and seeing something new. Now I do want to leave the country and see mm -hmm. other things, but um, that sounds great. What is the name of your mom's books or book? My, my mother's first book, she wrote about growing up in Iceland and mm -hmm. that one is called Growing Up Viking. And, and can we get this like at a bookstore? Oh, uh, yes. Yep. They're available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, most of her books are also available as eBooks um, at all online retailers or heclapublishing.com. Okay, great. And, and what's her last name? So I can, I can look that up too. Uh, 
Her name was Ida Jonas Dodr Herman. How do you spell that? Would it just be, <laughs> if I just look at Ida Herman, would I find it? Uh, you, you may, you <laughs> may find it. Her, her middle name, it is, it is Icelandic. It's yes, it sounds beautiful. J- <laughs> yes. Uh, Jonas, J-O-N-A-S, Dotter, D-O-T-T-I-R. I love that. That sounds beautiful. My middle daughter has um, my great-grandmother's name, and I used my great-grandmother's main name as her middle name. It's Richier. But if you look at it in English, it looks, because it's French, um, it looks like richer, like as in you're richer, you have more money. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, that's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> oh yes. My gosh. I, Icelandic is, is quite an interesting language. They, they have patronyms still. So your last name is your father's first name with either son or daughter at the end. So awesome. my mother's brothers, all of their last names was Jonas' son. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. What so fun. So what is I've it? Got, huh? What is an example of some of the things that you did do with your mom? Oh my goodness. Because you said there was a lot. You don't have to tell us all of them, but I'm I'm very interested now in what some of the the unique ones were. And honestly, I, I have to take a step back and, and share with you, that's, that's where this entire book came from, is because after we, we did all these events, we were working on putting it into a book uh, so people could share each one of the experiences. Um, and she, she did pass away during the process of us writing that book. I finished it, but then I felt like I needed to go one step further and give people the tools to incorporate that kind of vitality into their own life. So it's my book, On With the Butter, is more of a uh, how-to guidebook for you to have that kind of life. Um, Mom's journal book of these 93 new experiences is called Never Too Late. And in that, one of her most common mantras is just keep moving. You know, you got to keep moving. You got to keep going. And so that's where the name of my book came from is because there's an Icelandic expression that is from which is literally on with the butter. And it's that same, keep going, keep moving, keep doing it. And that's, that's what on with the butter means. So <laughs> um, when we look at mom's year, she did everything from, we started off the year by going to Iceland and we, which, which we actually did almost every year. Um, but this particular, it was, it was so wonderful. She loved going there, visiting family. Um, but every time we went there, there'd be like something new. There was a new museum that opened up that was on her top list of, I really want to go there. Um, and she had been paragliding there before. Um, but we went again. Um, we went zip lining across a little river in Iceland, but we couldn't count that as something new because she had already gone zip lining for her 90th birthday <laughs> through the Mall of America. Oh my. She sounds like a who. 
She was a hoot. So we had to go to the next thing and say, oh, well, something new that we can do. We've never been ice caving in Iceland. Wow. So we did that. Yeah. Um, she had her first podcast interview. Yes. Yeah. That's a so close that was, to my heart. Yeah. That was, that was fun. Um, she witnessed the setting of a Guinness World Book record. What one? Who gets to do that, right? Right. She, she happened to be in Minnesota uh, visiting with one of her other daughters. And uh, Watkins is the manufacturer of baking products based out of Winona, Minnesota. Yep. And it was their 150th corporate anniversary. And wow. to celebrate that, they wanted to break the world record for a cake with the no most number of layers. <laughs> Let's see, they, it was just over six feet tall. It had 260 layers, and that's 30 layers more than the previous Guinness World Book record and the Guinness people were there. So my mom was there. She got to witness that and she got to have some of the cake. Oh my God. <laughs> so, oh. and that's the kind of thing you just can't plan, right? Right. You just, you just have to be open and say, oh, well that came along and that sounds like fun. Um, she wore a Halloween costume for the first time. She went to a 3D movie um, she went to Savannah, Georgia to have a five generation photo taken with her newest great, great grandbaby. Wow. <laughs> and the funny thing is there again, that was not her first great, great. Uh, so it was not the first five generation photo, but during that trip, she did take her first trolley ride in Savannah. Oh, fun. Oh, so that, you know, that's really what it was all about is just grasping on to those everyday big experiences and then always being on the lookout for, well, what, what new thing can I do? What, uh, what fun, fun thing is there out there? Um, she had a sister's getaway at which most people think, oh, a little family reunion. I mean, what, what unique thing is that really? But mom came from Iceland and immigrated to the United States in 1945 during World War II. And she had an older sister and a younger sister who each also immigrated to the United States after World War II. Um, and as they were all living here and getting married and raising kids, each one of the sisters would visit each other. But the three of them had never gotten together once wow. they all came to the United States. So it had been more than 50 years since they all got together. Wow. And so they planned a getaway in Texas. They went to Lake Travis, got a little condo. And at that time, my mom was 93. Her older sister was 94 and her younger sister was 92 and they went on a Texas adventure for a week. <laughs> wow, their mom had the back to back to back. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what it's all about. Um, 
She tried new food. She tried sushi for the first time. Um, signed up for chair yoga. Wow. <laughs> Um, and there it's, it's so amazing when you really open it up and we, we approach this in a number of different ways. Um, basic things where, what have you always wanted to do? You know, I've always wanted to learn how to type. Now this is an amazing piece of trivia when it comes to my mom and all of us, it's funny because all of us have this little unique trivia to our lives. And my mom wrote her memoirs. And then she wrote a children's version of that memoir. And that one's called Viking Kids Don't Cry. And she was inspired after she read Little House on the Prairie. And she wanted to turn her memoir into a version that was really relatable to children. So it's the same book in a children's version. And then she and I wrote a cookbook. And then she went back and wrote a young adult fantasy called The Silver Arrow about three teenagers who go on to an intergalactic adventure and the, the Nordic uh, gods and meet some of those. But with all of this going on, she never learned how to type. She wrote all of her books, The Two Finger Method, Hunt and Peck. And she said, I would really love to learn how to type. <laughs> I had to go back and look. She had written more than 200,000 words between her books and her blog post and her Facebook post, 200,000 words that she had put out there for other people to read, and she didn't know how to type. <laughs> <laughs> so just use two fingers. Yeah. Just, oh, my gosh. So when you look at what we are capable of, what we do, how we work around things, and what things are still out there for us to experience, there's just, there's no limit. And I absorbed that and, and I apply that to my life. So I read her books and said, oh my goodness, I love this mythology and folklore. And I sat down and I wrote my first book uh, in 2015 and it was a children's book. And I found an editor and I found a publisher and, and we put it out there because I felt like people needed to know and I wanted to do that. Um, it was a wonderful thing. It inspired me to also tie up loose ends and, and retire and stop <laughs> the craziness of 70 hour work weeks and start enjoying life a lot more. Um, and, and so that's where my journey began. So I like to say I'm a second generation life adventurer. Um, that's what life's all about. I want to adventure. I want to experience, um, but I also want to write them down. And, and share things, whether it's my thoughts and ideas or experiences, I want to share that with other people so they can say, ah, yeah, this is awesome. I want to go out and do something. <laughs> yeah. So what were some of the biggest lessons you learned in your year with your mom doing all of these things? One of the big lessons was you need to have a balance of planning and spontaneity. You know, like I mentioned, I'm a planner, but if all you do is plan and you're so focused on getting from point A to point B that you never stop and smell the roses along the way, you're missing out on mm -hmm. so much. But the second part of that really is when you set a schedule and you're so bound and determined to keep that schedule that 
you create stress in your life and it, it impacts your, your enjoyment of the day. And if you think about that's why I, in my book, I included a chapter of, you know, um, off the beaten path, you know, right. You need to be able to do that to say, I have time that I can do this. When you're on a road trip, not be so worried that we have to make our destination by 8 p.m. or we have to get to the hotel for overnight by 6.30. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you're driving along and you happen to see uh, in New Mexico, oh my gosh, that's where the asteroid hit and there's a big hole in the ground. You can pull off and take a stop and go look at that and it might add a half hour to your overall trip. Right. But what an experience. It might do more than that. In, in my book, I did share a story where my mother and I were on a road trip in Wyoming and took 120 miles between two interstates, a little uh, two-lane state connector highway. It took us seven hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it took seven hours to drive 120 miles because there were so many interesting things along there. We found the Mormon Pushcart Museum we found Independence Rock. And let me tell you, anybody who's read an old Western or you know, any story about somebody um, migrating with the wagon trains, everybody stopped at Independence Rock, right? <laughs> and to, to know that that's a real place, that you can go up and, and touch it and just go, wow, pioneers, this, this was a goal that they wanted to reach by midsummer. Otherwise their life could be in jeopardy going over the mountain paths. And it just, it brings a reality of how tough life used to be and how easy sometimes we have it. And right. you just appreciate that. I feel like nowadays, even though we have it easier in many ways, it's become more complicated, right? Like where, <laughs> I mean, even though they had a, long time ago, they had a, like, you know, they didn't have the healthcare we have and the, you know, all these things and, and diseases would wipe out whole groups of people. It was a, 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 a more laid back lifestyle because you woke up in the morning, you went about your chores, you did what you needed to do. And then at night you enjoyed your family and, and that's what it was. Where now we are so complicated. We have so much going on and our minds are just like, what is, what is happening here? <laughs> we have technology, well, now we have a pandemic. <laughs> we have all these things going on where it's just like, you know, some of us yearn for that really laid back, just relaxing lifestyle. Like I'm only in my thirties, but I'm like, someday, someday we will be retired and our kids will be grown and we will just be able to go, oh, this is what we worked our entire life for was to have this time to ourselves, but not right now. <laughs> exactly. And so many people you know, uh, yearn for that and, and think of that. And when you get closer to that retirement age, that reality of how you're going to spend your time, um, it, it kind of weighs heavy on you. But it's funny when you think about it, you know, looking back to say 150 years ago, that life was simpler. 
but still had so much stress. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the slightest disease could kill you. Right. Um, you, like you said, they, they didn't have the healthcare and lack of rains, you know, would wipe out the crop or bugs or, you know, yep. so many things could just destroy you and you would have no place to live and, and no recourse for anything. And if they had the opportunity to look at us today and say, wow, you know, jobs and food for, to some degree are readily available. Right. Um, not to say there aren't challenges in today's worlds and there, there aren't needs, but from having someone who had a homestead that if it did not grow out of the ground, they had no food option. Right. Um, so yeah, it is, it is funny how we look at that and now we have to assess what our stressors are and what is, is uh, taking up so much of our time and where are we focusing our efforts and how can we look at that now to make sure that we don't stress ourselves out too much and we don't lead an unhealthy lifestyle that would prevent us from making it to retirement. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my biggest worry with my husband. His job is so stressful and he works such long hours and I'm just like, you may not make it to where I'm going to (laughs) make because I'm always like, I'm going to make it to a hundred. And he was just like, yeah, that's, not going to be me. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, well, someday when he retires from this job in three and a half years, uh, hopefully he'll get a different job that is less stressful. That's my hope. And hopefully he can focus on his health and uh, be able to you know, live an, a, a nice, long, healthy life. Um, well, maybe I, you can introduce him to chair yoga in the meantime. There we go. Chair yoga. He's uh, looking forward to retiring from this job so that he's home more often and he can uh, have a garden, he says, and he wants a um, greenhouse. And he was like listing off all these things that he wants to do. And I was like, that sounds very nice. Like that sounds like a good time, but I feel like him saying that just shows like you don't have to wait until you retire to do things that you enjoy. Exactly. And it is kind of funny that some of the things that we yearn for are exactly the things that we need. Um, Cause I, I know you've read my book and there's, there's a section in there about enjoying the outdoors and there was a study, several studies done, one of them from Harvard Health, about when you engage in lifestyles that include greenery, even if you just go outside for a walk, sit in your mm-hmm. backyard, enjoy the trees, the bushes, all that type of thing, being surrounded by greenery actually increases your lifespan by an average of 11 years. It's like, wow, that is mind-boggling yes. just to be able to spend time around greenery. So yes, the fact that he dreams of that and he's craving that, he knows that's really important to the survivalist humans. Yeah. He was always a city boy. He um, grew up, he's a Navy brat. So his dad was in the Navy growing up and they lived in all these different places. And I remember I grew up on 50 acres of land. So I remember like explaining to him, like someday, babe, I want to live 
and have several acres of land. And he was like, what? And I was like, yes, I do. And then we uh, moved up to Connecticut and we live on seven, we're running a house that's on seven acres of land. And, and recently he said to me, I actually really like it up here. I actually like not being close to my neighbors and having some land. I'm like, welcome, welcome yes. to, because I, we lived in Virginia before this and we lived in a city and I was losing my mind because I'm not used to that. And I was like, I have this little bitty tiny backyard and all these houses near me. I don't like this. <laughs> and he was used to that. But then when we moved here, he was just like, I really like this. I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it is very relaxing. It's nice because when I'm talking to you, my windows are open and I can see outside and I can see the birds and I can see all this stuff going on. So beautiful and relaxing. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yes. So um, as we wrap up the podcast today, because the time goes really by really fast, what are some... It does. It blows right by. What are some things that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Well, I would like to say, I, I hope that my book is a good starting point for people. Um, just to give you some ideas on how to incorporate more of that vitality and activity into life. I know we're all busy, but we do need to focus on positive things and to take care of our own spirit. Um, and I would love for this book to be just a starting point, just to spark ideas. And even when we go through things like busy lifestyles or dealing with this pandemic or all the other craziness uh, that life throws at you, to say, instead of, I wish I could, but I can't because... Try to train yourself to say, I want to do this. And in order to, I need to do it this way. So right. instead of saying we are defeated or prevented, we need to train our minds to say, how can I overcome this obstacle or this challenge? Um, very quickly, I will say my mom always wanted to do a 5K. It was on her list of one of her new things. She was 93 years old. And honestly, there was no way she was going to run a 5K. She trained to try to walk it. And when she got to that starting line, it was in uh, Vancouver, the race was hit by a freak hailstorm. And oh they my were gosh. hailed on. <laughs> but she walked it anyway. She started that first step, it doesn't matter that she didn't finish. And it doesn't even matter how, how far she got. I'm not right. even going to tell you how far she got. She walked at least one step. And that's all that matters because that memory and that success for her was everything. So it doesn't matter what we think is going to prevent us from doing something. Do a piece in that direction. And that makes all the difference. Because we can do this. Whatever it is you're thinking of, you can do it. Trust me. Right. I mean, I feel like uh, this year has given us the space to be like, what, what actually do I want my life to look like? Um, because you don't have any choice but to kind of slow down and, you know, look at it. I know at the end of this year, I'm just going to do 
a big social media purge because I see these people popping up on my feed and I'm like, I don't really even know you anymore or care what you have to say. And life is just too much for me to have your nonsense going on. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what 2020 has sucked for most of us. But I feel like that is the thing that it's teaching us is what, what do we really want our environment to look like? You know, maybe it can't happen, like you said today, but you can take a little step forward to creating the environment you want. Exactly. Exactly. And you're right. We can look at 2020 as a purge, you know, purge the unnecessary hobbies, expenses, you know, uh, maybe people used to, and you've heard of it, people go into massive amounts of debt going out to eat all the time. Yeah. Well, let's take that out of the equation and see what happens. Or traveling, um, all the exhaust fumes that we put into the environment Mm -hmm. and into the atmosphere. Well, let's take the cars out of the equation for a while. Or, you know, when you reach the end of Netflix or television, or there are no new episodes of the shows that you used to obsess over. You know what? There are other things to do. You can read books. You can go for a walk. You can play games with the family. It's all about changing it up and going in fresh directions. So yeah, it's a wonderful emotional and intellectual purge (laughs) to find something completely new. So there's your silver lining. There's the silver lining. Right. And what habits do we want to build in case this ever happens again? Like I keep thinking like next time there's a pandemic, I know exactly where, where I want to (laughs) be and what I want to be doing. And even uh, when I was talking to my husband about after he retires and he's like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, do something where they need you, even in a pandemic. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What is it? What is a uh, thing that you can do that they will still need you during that time? I was like, because then you don't have to worry about unemployment. You won't, I mean, he doesn't right now. He's not unemployed and he hasn't been, but you know, it's those kind of things that have helped us like reevaluate. Mm-hmm. what we want to do all around with our lives. Exactly. I know personally, I learned a whole lot about self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my husband likes to fish and hunt and I learned how to grow a garden and preserve food and do canning and make jelly. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, if I had to, um, I could probably grow some things and feed myself. <laughs> Which is a good thing because I know in the spring here, the grocery stores were all sold out of all sorts of kind of things. Um, and now it's starting to happen again. I, I swear people like get it in their heads that the grocery stores are going to stop selling food. <laughs> but, yeah. So like if you're self-sufficient, um, you know, you can hunt, you can fish, you can grow things. Then if your grocery store is selling out of food, you could be like, well, I'm still good. <laughs> well, and then you get, you get that extra blessing. If you have a big garden, and like you say, with the multiple acres you have, if you have a really big garden, your first thought is, Ugh, what am I going to do with all this stuff? 
oh, but you can donate it to the local food bank. Mm -hmm. You can get involved in the local farmer's market. You can do direct donations to your church or different things. You turn them into, I can't even tell you how many loaves of zucchini bread I made this year and gave <laughs> to so many people. <laughs> but it one little thing can lead to so many levels of activity that it really gives you a fresh perspective on life and what you can really do with your time and how you can make small things that give a really big impact to someone else's life. Right. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm going to link up all the books in the show notes and hopefully, hopefully somebody will grab one or all of them because they all sound fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun today. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.